Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. The big voice guy does not lie. It is inside the clubhouse. Chicago baseball is the focus. This hour of which is brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. I'm Matt Spiegel. He is Bruce Levine. Bruce doesn't get a lot better than this. The Red Sox in town on the south side. The Cardinals in town on the north. Yeah, when you're thinking about baseball season and you're sitting there in December and January looking for matchups, it doesn't get much better than Lopez against Sale and uh, Flirty against Hendricks. And that's what we had yesterday. A lot of good drama, a lot of good baseball. Didn't work out for the White Sox, nice for the Cubs. Matt, uh, you and I are here for the next two hours talking Chicago baseball at 312-644-6767. Tweet, uh, I mean, text Matt at 6711. Tweet what you want, actually. <laughs> Tweeted all of us. Yeah. And by the way, uh, Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by Max and Benny's in Northbrook. You're home for the best food in Chicagoland. Here's the checklist. The best deli, yes. The best full restaurant, no doubt. Best bakery on the North Shore, without question. Dinners from 4 to 9 p.m. feature full meals of roast beef, chicken, the freshest whitefish and salmon in the city. Bakery goods to die for includes sugar cookies, mandel bread, and home-baked bagels and bialis, rye bread, challah, at maxandbennys.com. Private party room and business meeting area, 10 to 150 people accommodated. Catering is king at Max and Benny's. Ask for John at MaxandBenny's.com. 30 minutes from downtown. 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Love you some Max and Benny's in Northbrook. Love you some White Sox, Red Sox, Cubs, Cardinals. And let's start with Kyle Hendricks. Well, the Cubs have now pitched shutouts in back-to-back games for the second time this year. After seven games, Bruce, they were 29th in baseball in ERA. They are now 9th in baseball with a 3.75 ERA and Hendricks now two out of three starts has been absolutely masterful. Yeah. He got massacred by Arizona after uh, shutting him out for seven innings and three hits in his prior start against Arizona at Wrigley field. When they went on the road, he got, he got beat up. And then yesterday was as good as you get. It was a uh, media a media person's dream of two hours and 28 minutes. It's a David Schuster special. <laughs> it really is. We always think of Schuster with fast games. But look at the arc of, of what he did, right? Uh, three starts ago against Arizona, he got locked in. And uh, you were there, Bruce, in the dugout when Theo Epstein and others talking about how great they felt about that particular Kyle Hendricks start. And then we talked about it last week. He gets Arizona again. And Arizona ambushed him, went after him early, and beat the crap out of him out there in Arizona. But then yesterday, it seems like he 
uh, stayed right there on point and adjusted a little bit. Let's listen to some of Kyle Hendricks with the media yesterday being asked uh, first if he was going to get used all weekend long out of the pen, perhaps. Kyle, are you available tomorrow? For sure, for sure. You know, I felt a little bit like a bullpen, but no, that was just got a little lucky today, honestly. I think I made a lot of good pitches early, um, got out of it a little bit, some hard hit balls that guys made hell of a plays on, and some that were just hit right at guys. So I got away with a few, but overall, the focus on just making a good pitch was a lot better today for me. Here's Kyle talking about how he and Wilson Contreras knew that St. Louis was going to be aggressive. A few of the times I looked up and I noticed it was just really low. I didn't know what the exact number was, but I knew it was low. And also, I just, Willie and I did a really good job of recognizing how aggressive they were early, even to start the game. So once we made good pitches within the first two of the at-bat, you know, they kind of kept being aggressive and we just were able to take advantage of it. I think it's instructive, Bruce, for some folks who don't realize maybe this is what goes on start to start to start in the bigs. He gets ambushed early in the count in Arizona, so he comes back and throws stuff that elicits weak contact early in the right. counts, right? Well, in order to do that, you have to have pinpoint control rather than rather control command. And uh, he had pinpoint command yesterday on all of his pitches. Matt, it always starts with the fastball command. He had that, and then you see the change up in the curve uh, and a, a favorable umpire behind the plate uh, looking at your pitches and agreeing that they're strikes. It was a very good day. But as Hendricks said, uh, believe it or not, he's had better command, better stuff this year, but a lot of balls were hit at his fielders. And uh, Joe Madden always talks ad nauseum about the fact that uh, pitching and defense hand in hand, and certainly that was yesterday. It's it's cliche, but it is a reality of a run that has the Chicago Cubs right now uh, going 16-6 and six in their last 22, the best record in baseball. You pointed out uh, some of their other numbers in their pitching staff. Six shutouts by the pitching staff is uh, three more than any team in baseball right now. So mm. starting pitching, let's see, what's the formula for winning? Starting pitching. Homers. Starting pitching and starting pitching. <laughs> well, uh, for, for this team, there, there's not a lot of teams necessarily in the bigs that can lean on the rotation like this team is designed well, to it, do. If you want to win and you want to win 95 to 100, that's been the formula for the Chicago Cubs. And it's an old-time, old-world number uh, formula, but it still works because a rested bullpen is usually a good bullpen. When you don't have to go to B relievers, that means you have your A guys ready for your games that get into the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. And mm-hmm. it's it's old-time baseball the way it's supposed to be played. Uh, we see bullpens really struggling the beginning of this year, Matt. And a lot of it has to do with attrition. A lot of it has to do with those 98-mile-an-hour guys just uh, having pitched in too many innings over too many years. And that is the difference between a team that's built around a very strong bullpen and a team that's built around a very strong rotation like the Cubs. To your point about the bullpen, Bruce, on April the 6th is when they decided to make that first little batch of moves, moving Carl Edwards Jr. down to the minors, putting Mike Montgomery on the injured list. And since that day, the Cubs have the second-best bullpen ERA in baseball. So right. that's Kyle Ryan at some of these other guys. It's also just kind of a, a leveling off a little bit. It's also, as you say, the starters being so, yeah. much, much better and needing the bullpen less. But it's, you know, we knew they were going to have to cycle through 13, 14 different guys in the bullpen. The first 
tweaks that they did have worked out well so far. And keep your eye on the bullpen the rest of the weekend. They, I think they play the next, I don't know, 30 to 35 games without only one or one or two days off, possibly. So the bullpen has had two full days off now. Uh, a day off for the team on Thursday. Yesterday, uh, only a couple guys got up at all in the hmm. bullpen. So let's see the residual effect of a rested bullpen as they go the, the rest of the weekend against the Brewer or the Cardinals at home, then Miami, and then uh, another big series against the Brewers next weekend as well. We're going to talk to one of those relievers, Brad Brock, on the uh, on the show today. Looking forward to talking to him, a guy who dealt with the uh, the hazards of the free agent market in the offseason and then had his contract restructured and all of that. But a guy that Joe Madden loves. Madden keeps using the word pertinent for Brad Brock. I believe he's going to be pertinent down the stretch here, says Joe. With the uh, the great start by the rotation, it's going to be fun to watch today. You Darvish, if he can step on the pedal and get into the seventh or eighth inning, uh, we haven't seen that. Uh, we've seen baby steps by Darvish so far. Uh, today he needs to join the other big boys in uh, stepping it up against the Cardinals in a huge game. It's going to be in Fox today. You know, we'll have it uh, certainly with uh, Pat and Ron and Zach uh, this afternoon. Uh, it's a 305 start. I, I wondered, Bruce, if you'd noticed uh, something that I kind of felt yesterday at the ballpark um, before the game, which is just sort of a, a seriousness and dare I say an intensity among, among the Cubs and, and the players like, you know, all the hitters, very much on point taking BP and then going to hitters meetings on the first day of the series. Pitchers staying out in the outfield for a long time, working on conditioning, then hustling in to go to their pitchers meetings. And, you know, it's a, it's, it's a real matchup here this weekend with the Cardinals. This is, this is your rival. This is the team in first place and felt like, um, felt like they're, they're, uh, they're, uh, they're where they should be on point and trying to win every damn game. Well, Rizzo said after the game that that's just a, uh... Cub baseball these days. That's what we expect in preparation. We expect to win. If we don't win, we're going to be prepared, and we're going to come back the next day prepared. And uh, you know, they don't. You're not. You didn't see a lot of guys. You know, other than celebrating with Hendricks on that great game, see a lot of guys. You know, wearing lampshades on their head and jumping around. It was. It, they get their five minute celebration, and that's it. It's a very business like team, very focused team, and I, I guess you can say that about all teams that have been good for a long period of time. But uh, the, this, you know, it's an impressive group who are not impressed by themselves. Yeah, you know, and, and I guess I, I just found myself thinking about the full context of what an, uh, the awkward offseason and everything they had said. And then here they are after that brutal start, after that 2-7 and seven start. They're now ahead of the Brewers. They're just a game and a half back of the Cardinals. You take care of these two games, you're in first place by the end of the weekend. It's a pretty remarkable turnaround. I just like the fact that, you know, we've been pointing to the weakness of the bullpen because of the fact that they're down Morrow. And, you know, if Morrow pitches again for the Cubs, it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be a bonus, but I'm not expecting that to happen. At all? Uh, no, I mean, I mean, how can you, I know Theo Epstein said we expect him to pitch for us, but, you know, the very earliest he's going to be able to get on a mound is sometime in June. The very earliest that he's going to be able to come back to the Cubs without any setback will be sometime in July. Mm. That'll make it an entire year without pitching. Oof. So, uh, you know, again, I admire Morrow. He's a gutsy guy to continue his career, but injuries have been the thing that has always set him back. There's never been any question about his stuff. I understand why Epstein and Hoyer took a shot on him on a two-year deal because 
His stuff is electric, but you know, from from my point of the bullpen still needs fortification at the back end. But with the rest that they're getting and the 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 great starts by the starting staff makes their job a lot easier. I wonder, Bruce, who's going to end up being pertinent then, to borrow Joe's words, uh, uh, you know, other than than Brock and Strope and C-Sheck. Is, is there a chance in your mind that Tyler Chatwood becomes a bullpen weapon at, at, in, in this year? And Dylan Maples is the other guy yeah. who we've seen, but but Chatwood's stuff is so good. Uh, you know, you never, you never know. I mean, I remember in 1986, the, the Cubs... Uh, looking at Dennis Eckersley and saying, this, this guy's done, okay? <laughs> He's absolutely done. They trade him to the, uh, to the Oakland, Oakland A's in 87, and he becomes identified as the very first one-inning reliever by Tony La Russa, and he goes on to add 300 saves to 150 wins that he had already had or close to 200 wins mm-hmm. and become a Hall of Famer and an iconic pitcher. So you never say never about a guy with a really good arm like Chatwood. I'm not saying he's the next next Eckersley, but I'm telling you that Dennis Eckersley career his career was over in 1986. And everybody in baseball, other than the Oakland A's, uh, Sandy Alderson and uh, Tony Larusa thought so. It's interesting. Um, and and what I'm noticing about Chatwood is how. How his teammates feel about him, how how well liked he is within that room, and even as he has struggled, he battles and he's busting his hump, and that team is kind of behind him. So he's got a chance. He's got a great arm, you know. And Joe's always alluded to it. We got sick of hearing Joe saying it last year, after he'd walk five or six guys and come out in the fifth inning or the fourth inning, saying, "Man, stuff is great. Stuff is great." Mm-hmm. Dude walked ninety-five guys, you know. Most guys and in baseball by a starting pitcher, by any pitcher last year. And uh, I I give him a lot of credit for uh, picking himself up and making himself credible. But the other guy, I think Matt in uh, River North, would probably want to talk a little bit about Dylan Maples. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, Bruce. You know, they bring Maples up. He's got electric stuff, controls an issue. But my concern for a guy like that, if he doesn't pitch much, how's he going to get better? How are you going to be able to trust him if you ever get to a high leverage situation if he doesn't get used? Yeah, um, it's a fair you know, question. You know what I mean? What what good is he just sitting on the you know bench and not getting, being put in once every two weeks? Well, Matt, and and thanks for your call, Matt. Here, yes, uh, sir. I will tell you that um, Joe Madden is breaking him in. You know, so he's finding roles for him that aren't, uh, you know, game impacting to try to find his stuff. But he is basically unhittable at this point because of a Bugs Bunny-type breaking ball, right, (laughs) and a 97, 98-mile-an-hour fastball. The problem is for the hitter, for the catcher, for the team, they don't know where the ball's going, you know. I mean, again, it's electric stuff, and it's, what is it? Six walks and six strikeouts in, you know, two and two thirds innings so far, and I don't think any hits. So which, I mean, which you know, is exactly, it's, you know, it's it's crazy numbers, but there is a weapon, there is a power arm the Cubs really need to try to develop for the back end of the rotation because, uh, you know, I, eventually Carl Edwards will come back and he has a power arm, but Oof. they don't really have 
quote-unquote power arms in their bullpen. They have guys that know how to get people out. Right, but they need some of those power arms for certain situations if they can be trustworthy. It's interesting when you watch Maples with the Bugs Bunny slider, as you say, and you see guys at the plate backing off. Adam Jones did it in Arizona. Backing off away. Oh, wait, that's a strike. My mistake. It's fun to watch the breaking ball and fastball, and it's great that the Cubs have this electric arm now if they can harness it. Well, good luck. It's uh, not the first story like that. All right, lots to get to. Um, I mentioned Brad Brock going to be on the show. John Rooney going to be on the show, the voice of the Cardinals and voice of the White Sox when they won it in 2005. Uh, Bruce, I know you want to talk about the, 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 the awkward sadness that is the injuries to arm after arm after arm for the White Sox as well. Absolutely. We'll talk about Addison Russell and his imminent ascension to Wrigley Field, as Joe Madden put it, all that coming up soon. That's inside the clubhouse. He's Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel on 670 The Score. Rizzo drives one in the air, deep right field, back toward the corner. It's got a chance. Gone! Three-run homer, Anthony Rizzo. Cubs lead three to nothing. That is Anthony Rizzo from yesterday. That is all the offense that... Kyle Hendricks would need. It's quite a run. Quite a run here for Anthony Rizzo. Over the last several games, last 10 games even, the OPS is 1.231 with five hit-by-pitches, four walks, eight RBIs, three home runs. Rizzo's here. Yeah, he's acting like Anthony Rizzo. Yep. Uh, He had a tough uh, go last year early season. Remember, he uh, hit a home run in Miami in his hometown to start the season and then Went into a long slump. Uh, I guess that's why they uh, they always come up with the term. That's why we play 162. Yeah, because uh, the things even out for these outstanding players like Rizzo, and you see Bryant uh, now shaking off the beginning of a batting slump. And we'll talk about some of the mechanical changes that he's made along the way as well when we get into a uh, conversation about. Him and Joe Madden a little later in the show as well. I'm looking forward to that because I see some of the mental stuff and some of the focus that Bryant is bringing to it, but I want to hear some of the technical stuff and the adjustments you're talking about. Bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football. Don't miss your chance to watch Big Ten football at Ryan Field this fall as the Big Ten West champion Northwestern Wildcats host Ohio State, Michigan State, and more. Season tickets on sale now at nusports.com. Whenever the Cardinals are here, there's a, a variety of, uh, of old friends in the, that enter uh, Wrigley and or the or guaranteed rate depending on wherever they are you bet and the voice of the st louis cardinals and a dear friend of mine and a great friend of the radio station john rooney the voice of the st louis cardinals joins us on inside the clubhouse good morning john good morning bruce how are you we're doing good matt and i are here to uh uh get a little bit of uh acumen from you on the st louis cardinals uh they have played Outstanding ball, John. What has been the the key to their success as of late? Well, as of late, their young pitching has come along, Bruce, and uh, I really like uh, what I saw yesterday out of Jack Flaherty, other than the two walks ahead of Rizzo's home run. But I think uh, Dakota Hudson is making great progress. Uh, Last year, he was a reliever after winning 13 games and was the Pacific Coast League Player of the Year, Pitcher of the Year. And he, he's getting his feet on the ground at the big league level. The bullpen has been pretty good. And Jordan Hicks has been what we expected, a guy who can throw well over 100 miles an hour, but has mixed in a really good changeup to go along with a uh, uh, swing and miss slider. So uh, all of that's added up well. Paul Goldschmidt hasn't really uh, 
torn things up yet, but I think he will. Uh, he's had his moments. Uh, three home run game up at Milwaukee was impressive. Uh, just the uh, second game of the year. And then Matt Carpenter has not uh, hit very much at all. He's under 200. It's not as slow a start to the season as he had last year, but uh, I know it's not satisfying for him. When you look at this lineup, it's pretty amazing with Goldschmidt and Carpenter um, comparatively struggling, as you say. But but as Goldschmidt's presence and his professionalism, his, the style with which he goes about the game, has that had an impact just kind of having him there on some level, John? Oh, I think it has, Matt. And I, I really think that was a, a great pickup. Uh, I liken his personality to Matt Holliday, who had such a big influence in the clubhouse. And uh, neither player is extremely vocal, but they are class and quality people. And a great fit in St. Louis uh, to the point where the Cardinals were able to extend his contract. And as I said, he will heat up. We know that about Goldschmidt. as uh, He had uh, uh, some slow times last year, but yet turned it on to hit 290. And he's a 30-home run guy capable of 100 RBIs and an all-star. He plays first base uh, to a gold-glove level. And to see a first baseman over there catching pickoff throws and and catching about everything hit his way, that is a big improvement to the Cardinal infield, where Carpenter over at third doesn't have as strong a, an arm as he used to have, but he can throw the ball knowing that Goldschmidt uh, is going to catch it in most cases, and the same pretty young at short and Colton Wong at second base. Uh, they're playing good defense, running the bases a little bit better, even though Bader got caught yesterday. Um, I, I think that's been a, a big key to the Cardinal start. John Rooney, the voice of the Cardinals for 15 years. Can you believe it, Matt? After 18 years with the Chicago White Sox. What a fantastic career. Goes from a 2005 World Championship with the Chicago White Sox, 2006 with the Cardinals. John, when you uh, you look at Mike Schilt, the um, manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, what does he bring to the party? What's the the steady-as-you-go method for Mike Schilt? Well, Mike Schild is a wonderful people person. You ask him a good baseball question, and uh, you can talk to Mike for hours. He loves the game. His background is in the game as he worked in the clubhouse in Charlotte when Cal Ripken was coming up and shined his shoes. And he was even at the game that Cal Ripken uh, broke Luke Gehrig's record for uh, Ironman in Major League Baseball and caught a foul ball. Uh, he, he loves the game, and he is a throwback to the George Kissel way of playing the game as George kind of established the, the Cardinal way. And and some people have taken that the wrong way. Like, Oh, well, it's a Cardinal way or the highway. No, it's just the way you play baseball. It's the way you, you show up on time, the way you move runners along, the way you pitch, uh, the way you perform. And, uh, you know, you, you can't, uh, you know, be out all night and, uh, and soar with the Eagles and still perform at the big league level is what Kissel used to tell his players all the time. And, and he uh, and Mike Schilt really uh, is a throwback to that. As Mike Schilt and uh, Gary LaRock of our minor league system and a number of other people, including Tony LaRusso, they all got together and, and uh, put some research in on, on George Kissel and, and what uh, he had uh, been teaching uh, through the minor leagues and, and helping out at the big league level. Uh, he was on Whitey's staff for a while, and, and, and they put together uh, the, the book that uh, Mike Schilt refers to quite often, but... He, he reads everything, uh, and he studies baseball inside out, and uh, he's a very positive person. I, I think all of those things have, have helped the Cardinals from the All-Star break last year, where they put on a charge, to uh, where they are right now, where 
they are a contender. But the ball's going to bounce many funny ways in this division, and I think throughout the National League, uh, as teams beat up on each other within the divisions, all three of them, it's going to be a very interesting baseball season. John, I think any Cub fan who has malice for the Cardinals' way has envy behind that malice for what you're talking about. It's a, it's undeniable that the uh, the division rival has been the organizational standard for, for so many decades. But since 2015, when the Cubs knocked him out, and now three straight years of finishing ahead of him in the division, the last two years, the Cubs being the team to knock the Cardinals out of postseason um, contention late in the year, including that two out of three at Wrigley uh, at the end of the year last year. Is, is it a different feeling now for the Cardinals as they approach uh, with the Cubs as the big brother? Has it fully taken effect? Well, interesting you should bring up the two out of three. That Saturday game hurt the Cubs a lot. <laughs> the one they lost. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It made you play an extra game. Yeah. And uh and, and altered the division where Milwaukee won it. So, you know, that's the Cubs Cardinal series right there. Uh I think the Cardinals got away from the, the George Kissel uh method and, and I also think that uh, like the Baltimore Orioles got away from uh, the way they played for a long, long time and and had to get some of that back. And that's and Mike Schultz recognized that following the Orioles so closely that uh, he, he wanted to go back to the basics, get better on the bases, get better in the field, and, and be a, a little bit smarter. The Cardinals are one of the most aggressive teams at taking an extra base. In fact, they've been rated right at the top or, or near the top for most of the season in that regard, and I think that's a result of trying to get back to that level that I think they slipped away from for a couple of years. John Rooney with us on Inside the Clubhouse for a few more minutes. He's Matt on Bruce. We're here every Saturday, 9 to 11, talking baseball 52 weeks out of the year. John, what is the Yadier Molina factor? What is the swagger that uh, he brings to the team? What is the professionalism that Molina means to the St. Louis Cardinals every day they play? Well, as Javi Baez came to the plate yesterday and exchanged pleasantries with Yadi, I think that's the respect factor right there. Uh, Yachty, uh, if you watched any of the World Baseball Classic, uh, the last one, he, he kind of willed that Puerto Rican team to win, and, and he was coaching from behind the plate and uh, coaching on the bases, and he knows the game inside out. I remember asking Joe Torre when he was managing the Dodgers how many of his players actually knew how to play baseball. In other words, knowing what other players should do, where they should be, and, and just know the game inside out. And and he, he, he could only say he had a couple on his, on his roster. Well, uh, Yadier Molina is that kind of player. Uh, Albert Pujols was that kind of player for the Cardinals. And uh, Derek Jeter was that kind of player for the New York Yankees, where they just know the game inside out and know where they should be, what they should be doing, what others should be doing. And that's why Yadier has been able to help so many good young pitchers develop over the years and help some veterans uh, get over the top. As uh, back in 06, uh, the Cardinals picked up uh, Weaver, who had pitched for Detroit and uh, had bounced around, and uh, and he was a big factor. Yachty helps those veterans as well. So uh, he, he just knows what he's doing back there, loves the game, and he keeps himself ready to play. He, he's amazing to watch. Hey, John, every time you're on, we hear from some White Sox fans. I just heard from a couple on my own personal phone saying, Man, it's good to hear Rooney. What a gem he was to listen to, especially in 2005. You, you still, you still get that from some folks when you run into him here in Chicago, and I'm sure. Oh, still, I do. 
have a I fondness, a fondness know, for those eight, times. Yeah. Having 18 years there, man, you're going to get that. Uh, and, and being a part of the soundtrack of the summer for, <laughs> excuse me, for so many baseball fans here in Chicago, it chokes me up as a matter of fact. <laughs> so, no, you, you, you do get that. And I follow the White Sox. I watched some of the game last night while I was going back and forth between that and the Blues and and uh, and trying to rest up a little bit after getting in so late from Washington the night before. But, uh, no, it's great to get back to Chicago to talk to the baseball fans. And uh, had the weather been a little bit better, I probably would have gone down to the game last night. John, we appreciate it very much. I uh, have to send regards from your old friend, uh, Mitch Rosen, our program director, always insists upon that when we're uh, lucky enough to have you on the show. Uh, continued great luck to you. Uh, I, I won't say that for the Cardinals because the Cub fans would eat me alive, but indeed uh, I will see you the rest of the weekend out at the ballpark. Thanks again for joining us and Inside the Clubhouse. Well, gentlemen, good to be with you here on Saturday. It's always fun to talk baseball, and I look forward to seeing Mitch on Sunday. All right. Take care, John. Thank you. Okay. John Rooney, the voice of the Cardinals, 15 years, Matt. Jeez, 15 years. Mm. Mike uh, Shannon, the Cardinals, will be uh, celebrating 50, five zero years of broadcasting next year. You can imagine. Wow. Yeah. It, and, and when you talk about Rooney for 15 years, it's like that feeling when you realize that Wayne Larravee has been a Packers guy for way longer than he's been a, he was a Bears guy. Yeah. Like son, time just marches on. Well, those uh, voices never leave you. They, they, they might not be here anymore, but uh, they're always there in your greatest memories of uh, baseball summers past. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by the Chicago Dogs. Baseball, hot dogs, fireworks, it's baseball with everything. Tickets now on sale for the Chicago Dogs. Your premier minor league baseball team. Opening day, May 17th. Fans will receive an iconic hot dog costume and set a world record for the largest pack of wieners in one location. Purchase tickets at the com. Speaking of the Cardinals and media real quick, our old buddy Chris Ranji is my co-host tomorrow morning Great. on Hit and Run right here in the studio on 670 the score i'll be on 912 that'll, that'll be a lot of fun that should be a lot of fun yep absolutely and we're going to talk some white Sox baseball as well coming up chris sale returns triumphantly to the south side of chicago we'll talk about rodan and the future of the chicago white Sox coming up next it is inside the clubhouse on the score welcome back in on 670 the score it's inside the clubhouse he's bruce levine i am matt spiegel Boy, some awkward times for those White Sox with the injuries mounting for you, pitchers and everybody else. Do you believe in bad luck, Matt? I, it, it, it's not for sure that Carlos Rodon is headed to Tommy John, is it's, it? It looks pretty damn close. And that'll be the third. I mean, when the, when the general manager, vice president and general manager, yeah. and the player both come out and say, if it's Tommy John, it's Tommy John. You don't, you don't get those proclamations from right. people very often. Unless they say, hey, there's blood in the muscle mass. Mm -hmm. This is a really bad sign. And the guy's been complaining about tightness in his elbow for the entire season. Unfortunately, at this point, everything is on the table, said Rick Hahn about Carlos Rodon. And if so, that'll make Kopech, Dane Dunning, Zach Birdie, and Tommy and Carlos Rodon with Tommy John. Then you've got Eloy on the injured list. You've got Jake Berger with the two injuries that he had. You got Luis Robert just yeah. banged up a little bit. Yeah, there's it's it's bad luck because I can tell you the the White Sox training staff and the White Sox medical staff are as good as anybody. I will also tell you that the good news is that Eloy Jimenez is ahead of schedule, and that the likelihood is that he can be back within uh, 10 days or a couple weeks. 
from now because uh, the way he's been improving, he's been hitting off of a tee already, mm-hmm. and he is going to likely uh, go out for an assignment next week if everything keeps going this way. So that's earlier some than good expected. News, yeah, absolutely. some really good news uh, about him. S- people were speculating, you know, four to six weeks with this high uh, ankle sprain and. Reality is, is that he's improving every day. This is Shoelaces on the South Side, who is called up on Inside the Clubhouse. Shoelaces, you're on with Matt and Bruce. What's up? Hey, Bruce, how you doing? Long time no talk. Uh, yeah, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing just fine. Uh, Bruce, I, I, I want to ask both of y'all. You know, Matt is here too. <laughs> it's you know. all right, Bruce. He's your I, I, I was going to say, I was going to say something about Matt. I was going to say, Bruce and Matt, I just want to ask you a question. Yes. Okay, um, Bruce and Matt, the question I want to ask, uh, with the Sox, with their injuries and things like that, what do they have in the farm system that they can bring to replace those players at this person's hand? Uh, replace is interesting. And thanks for hanging on, Shoelaces. You know, this guy's been a, a caller and the scorer since day one. You realize that? Since 91, 92? Since day one. Wow. Yes, indeed. That's tremendous. Yes, he was He was probably in the first week of the, those shows, those Iconic shows. Who back else? In- Back deck. Jeff uh, yeah. might might be one of those guys. Uh, Jockich Mitch might be one of those guys. A lot of those other guys have passed on. Yeah, you don't get nicknames crew. like that uh, anymore. <laughs> well, let, let's try and do that. Uh, with uh, what do they have coming? Well, certainly Dylan Cease is the name that you will continue to hear. And Rick Hahn was very adamant about the fact that regardless of the injuries and the need in Chicago. That is not a, not going to interrupt the mm-hmm. player development of Dylan Cease or anybody else because their player development is more important than the need for Chicago right now. So um, he was very adamant about it. But we expect him sometime this summer. Uh, we expect him July or August, and uh, that's going to be uh, something good as well. We expect Michael Kopech to come back in spring training and be a good to go. Kopech was there last yep. night. Um, it was in Chicago for medical exams. He said that the doctors told him he was, quote, 42% through his rehab. It's good to know. Unquote. Uh, and Kopech is going to be ready for spring training in 2020. He has said he has stretched the long toss program to 120 feet. Think about this. This year doesn't matter in terms of competitive trying to win games, trying to contend in the American League. And it doesn't matter, maybe too harsh for some of you, but you know what I mean. It's not They're not prioritizing, not expecting to be a contender. If Kopech comes back next year and is healthy and is ready to go in spring training and as the season begins, that's right in line with the timeline. Yeah, you know what, man? Uh, I, I don't agree with you because of the fact that um, winning and learning how to win and getting there and having bullpen guys help out to win games for the young pitchers is a part of that player development, is part of learning. Um, so, Man, a guy can't go bright side on a Sox injury for you, huh? Can't do it. I, it's just I, I can't <laughs> see that long picture of when Kopech comes back, the sun will be out, there'll be, you know, there'll be a rainbow. I just, I just think that – I just think right now you have to look at it and say, you know, this is an entertaining team. This is a team that has the worst ERA – in baseball from their starting pitchers, it's over six. Mm. The entire staff is five and a half ERA, yet they have had three walk-offs in a row before yesterday. They fight to the end. Uh, they have better professional players on this team, and I think it's essential to get into the middle 70s uh, in an American league that's not all that 
um, competitive every night to show and advance your players, to advance the idea of learning how to win and winning at the major league level. Understood. But imagine, if you will, that it's next spring and like the Padres broke camp with Chris Paddock and Matt Strom and other young pitchers that they're like, you know what? Let's just do it. Time is right now. And they let Fernando Tatis start. Maybe the White Sox are there with Luis Robert, depending on how he does at double A this year. And you've got young pitchers like Cease and Kopech both there to possibly be rotation pieces next year at the beginning of the year. And Lopez, uh, you know, not a good one last night. Hasn't had a great start. The one before was off the chart, the 14 strikeouts yeah. against the Tigers. Uh, again, it's against the Tigers, okay? You want to weigh it whatever way you want. But Oh, that stuff was ridiculous. What I'm, what I'm telling you is, is that starting pitching is where it's at. They have to identify more. And, uh, you know, Rick Hahn talked about that. We'll, we'll play a bite from Rick uh, at some point here. We got to take a break. Yeah. We'll be back talking more White Sox, Cubs, who are the essential people going down the future for you? Uh, is Anthony Rizzo, is um, Jose Abreu, are these guys essential for you over the next five years for your team to compete? 312-644-6767. Text Matt at 67011. You mentioned sound from Rick Hahn, sound from Joe Madden on Addison Russell that we found interesting from yesterday as well. It's inside the clubhouse. Keep it right here on 670 The Score. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.